welcome back to the Peanut Butter and Mountains podcast. Today we have a guest who has not only mastered the art of backpacking, but also turning his passion into his full-time job on YouTube. Uh, so, so through his YouTube channel, Stephen Smith shares his extensive knowledge about backpacking gear, tips, tricks, and the latest technology, which we'll get to some of his favorites at the end of the podcast here. And Steven's one of those guys that, for me, I found him on YouTube, and I watch him again and again because he has a gift of making important but sometimes boring topics, like super interesting and entertaining. And, and he does a really, really good job uh, with his editing, his different, you know, switching up his his shots. I just love it. And so, like I said, I first found Steven on YouTube, but then I heard a podcast with him and Kyle Hates Hiking on Kyle Hates Hiking's podcast, Trail Tales. And I actually DM'd Kyle after it. And I said, dude, loved your podcast with Steven. It was so good. And he's like, hey, man, you should have him on. He was super rad. So here he is. How's it going, Steven? I am. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing super well, man. So like I was talking about, or like I was talking to Steven before the podcast, I'm super interested in all things like uh, with his rise on YouTube. Because within the last like year, year and a half, man, you have exploded on that. And I looked back on a lot of your older videos. Like you've been on YouTube though for a few years. So tell me kind of about that start and maybe your progression into YouTube that actually led you to quitting your job. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of think about the channel as having two beginnings. And so I started the channel first in 2019, which actually, I mean, so I mean, it depends on how you really want to get into this. And so way, way back in 2009, yeah. I started a blog okay. because that was the thing to do sure. back then was to blog. But I've got no business writing a blog. Like, I, like I'm dyslexic. I can't spell. I can't use grammar to save my life, right? And so, I mean, <laughs> like, it's just, it was just a train wreck. The blog was a train wreck. But- like, you know, I mean, as, as I know that, you know, from, you know, doing social media and stuff like that, like you start to get some recognition, you start to get some brands that want to send you stuff, you know, you start to get some things that you're like, man, like I'm like, I'm actually doing something here, you know, and it, it's almost like a surprise. Right. And so I had the blog and the blog was doing that. I got some gear for free. I got some brands that wanted to do some, some different things. And I was, I was stoked about it. Right. Like I was just having a good time. And, but I was working a full-time job that entire time. And so the blog would come and go and something happened where it like just disappeared off the internet. Like I could see it, but nobody else could. And like every time I went in to try to figure out why that was the case, like I couldn't figure it out. And so mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't have time for this. And so like, I would just put it on the back burner, put it on the back burner. And then somewhere around 2018, 2019, I decided I wanted to revive it. And so I did. And I had this buddy that was like, dude, what are you doing messing around with this blog? Like, you, mm -hmm. like, you need you need to be making videos because he knew I could make videos. He'd seen videos I made. And um, but to me, that was always like so much work was making a video. You know, I was like, man, like you don't you have no idea how much time totally dude. goes into making a video. <laughs> you know, I mean, like if I just take some pictures and write some stuff like that takes a whole lot less time. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. You need to be making videos. So. Sometime around, I want to say it was May, May of 2019, I had a backpacking planned, a backpacking trip planned in Southern Colorado. I was going out there, not Colorado, California. I was going out there for a conference and I was going to tack on a few days to go backpacking. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to make a video. And so I did. And I shot the whole thing on my phone and edited it there while I was at the conference. And 
put it out there. And I remember because this is the this is the very first video on my channel. So depending on how far back you've gone, mm-hmm. um, but I I did it like I was being interviewed, like in a documentary where you're not you're not looking at the camera, you're looking at the person that's interviewing you, right? And and really what I had was I had a an iPad that I had like bungee corded to a tree because I was outside, and I had I had my script or whatever on the iPad, and so I was just reading off of the iPad onto the, you know, like and recording myself the whole time. And I put the video out and it, I mean, it didn't do very good at all. Cause I mean, you know, the very first video you put out, it's just right. like, it's just not going to do anything. Right. Right. And so 2019, I made like five videos maybe. Right. And, wow. um, and I had one that kind of, uh, kind of did a little bit, you know, I mean, it got maybe a thousand views or something like that. And I was like, Oh, like that's doing really good. You know? And I was excited about it. But work got in the way, and I was just like, you know what, I don't have time for this. Pandemic hit in 2020, and work got really stressful for me because of that. And so I was like, I didn't make any videos from the end, from probably October 2019 until March of 2021. I never made another video. Um, But during that time, yeah. So, I mean, and so that was the first beginning of the channel was 2019, five videos. But during that time, like those videos were racking up views. People were subscribing. I think I got like 600 subscribers over the course of 2020 while I was doing nothing. And so every once in a while, I would think about it and I'd go look at it and I'd be like, oh, like, hey, like people are actually showing up and they're, and they're watching mm-hmm. and they're subscribing. And, and to me, without context of YouTube and social media, I was like, 600 people, that's a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so I thought, I'm going to start making videos again. And 600 people are going to watch every time. You know, was my thinking. Right. Cause we, yep. It's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a trip. I had a trip planned to the Grand... Oh, and so important information here. Um, January 2021, I quit my job. Not to start YouTube. Not to go back into YouTube just because I was burnt out. Um, I was huh. sick of it. I needed a break. And um, we had saved up some money. My wife was... Um, she was working part-time, and so she went full-time. And the plan was for me to just take a break, take like a year off. And so we saved Mm. enough money to where with her income and the money we had saved, like I could do that and I could just like recharge and like, you know, get my mental health in order and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And so January 1st, 2021, I quit with no plan for the future. And in March, I had a backpacking trip planned with a buddy of mine to the Grand Canyon and so I was like, you know what? Like I, whenever I was making videos, like I really enjoyed making videos. And so I'm going to make another video. And I had all these, you know, I had 600 subscribers, you know, that I was like, they're, they're, they're wondering where I am, you know, like they want to know, like, where's the videos from Steven. And so we went on that trip. I filmed a video of it. And while we were on that trip, like I was having such a good time making the video and all that kind of stuff and talking to my buddy about it, which was, he was probably just amusing me. You're know, like, oh yeah, you know, like all those people are, they're going to show up. And, um, and I committed myself on that trip. I was like, I'm going to make a video a week and, um, I'm just going to commit myself to that because I don't have a job and I've got the time and I enjoy doing it. So I'm going to do a video a week and I'm just going to put all my effort into it. And so I did. And like, I don't know, like that first video, like 25 people watched something like that, you know, and I was just, it was discouraging. I put out another video, like another, you know, maybe 30 people watched. It was discouraging. And so I just kept doing it because I committed myself to it. And um, 
slowly started building up this audience and I got to, um, I want to say I got to like 800 subscribers, maybe 900 subscribers. And I was really needing that like pushover. And so I reached out to Dan Becker and I was like, Hey Dan, like you don't know me. And, but I was wondering if, if you do a, a collaboration, you know, and he, he was very kind, very generous. He was like, I don't do that. <laughs> he's like, but you, but you're doing a really good job. Um, and he's like, I tell you what, like, I'll share one of your videos on my community tab. And I was like, dude, would you like, that'd be, that'd be so awesome. No and so he way. Did, he, yeah. So he shared, so I've got like 800 subscribers, maybe shared one of my videos. Uh, it went to 10,000 views, which is the biggest video I'd ever had at that point, you know? And I was just like, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know? And, um, and that pushed me over a thousand subscribers. And so that, that video pushed me over a thousand subscribers and I was like, okay, now I can like start making money monetize and all this kind of stuff, monetize the channel. Yeah. With the AdSense, And, and I had a friend who uh, lived in the same town as me and he had a channel and he had maybe 2000 something subscribers, something like that. And so like, I'm thinking like this guy knows what he's doing. And, um, and he was making $200 a month off of AdSense on YouTube. And I remember thinking, like you can wow. you can make that kind of money. I know, on bro. I know. It's like you gotta you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and so I went on a trip. I went on a backpacking trip that summer, and I had my camera. And I, I mean, um, people who hike with me know, like I've got like a big, I got a big mirrorless camera that's got a big microphone on it. The whole thing's like six pounds, and I carry it in my hand because I, I'm using it all the time. And so I'm like, I'm carrying that camera around, and some guy stops me. He's like, "What's the camera for?" And so I tell him, you know, oh, yeah, I got a little YouTube channel. And he's like, oh, that's cool, you know. And so he hikes on. And then um, we keep catching up to each other, like, back and forth. You know, like, keep running into each other. And he's like, hey, I meant to ask, like, can you, like, can you make money doing that? And I was like, well, I don't make any money. But let me tell you about my friend who's making $200 on right. YouTube. <laughs> because it just because it just blew my mind. And so I'm, like, impressed, right. so impressed I'm telling some other guy about it, right? And so... <laughs> That was that was the summer of uh, 2021, and um, and I remember in I think it was in October is when my first video really kind of caught the algorithm and um, it started doing really well, and then other people started watching other videos, and so like one video caught the algorithm, that brought people to go see what other videos I had on there, and there was one video that every time someone went to look at my channel, this is what I, what I, uh, assumed was happening, you know, what I deduced was happening. They would always click on that video. And so then that video, which had been out for like two months or more just exploded. And right. so the algorithm caught onto that trend, you know, that everybody, everybody that comes to my channel, that's the first video that that's the second video they click on, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it just started exploding. And, um, sometime during that fall, um, as the channel was, was just really growing very rapidly. Um, I started to realize, okay, I, I can make a living doing this and, um, and started seeing the money coming in and started thinking, okay, in, in my, my year, my year long break, right. Was coming to an end. And so I was going to have to figure out like what I was going to do, you know, either, either we were continue this way, you know, um, where the savings was going to run out and my wife was going to continue working full time and I was going to be the domestic partner, which kind of is what has happened. Um, or I was going to find a job. And, and so I decided I'm just going to put, I'm just going to go all in on YouTube and keep going. 
And and so the money from AdSense started um, working pretty well by the end of that year, 2021. And by February of um, 2022, I'd gotten my first real sponsor, my first big sponsor. Um, there was money that just made me so nervous to ask for that I just, yeah. you know, like I think I think whenever I was on the phone with the with the person who I was negotiating with, like my voice started to squeak because I was asking for these this really big money, and they said yes, and it blew my mind, and <laughs> and I just I just kept going from there. So that's that's kind of the the story of how the channel came to be. First of all, dude, love this origin story. That that almost <laughs> should be a video on your channel. I think that I think people would really eat that up, man. That's so Maybe it cool. Should. Maybe it should. Yeah, that is so cool. So. Wow. Okay. So you really have been, so really it kind of started in, in 2019 is when you started making videos for the channel. It was kind of, it kind of started around there. You were dabbling a little bit with videos before that you had the blog, which is really funny, dude, because before I got into video, I was also doing a blog and I realized like the power of video. I was like, I don't think blogging is going to be as big as it is, you know, and this was in 2019. And I'm like, I think I mean, I might need to pivot here. And so I went to video. So that's really interesting. But then, so, okay, so then you start building it up, start building it up. What was it like in, like, did you have it in the back of your mind that, hey, one of these days, something's going to hit the algorithm and I'm going to hit the jackpot here. At some point, like, if I just keep going, did you have that in the back of your mind at all before it actually did hit? Yeah, I, you know, I did. So I was looking at other channels and, you know, and I was seeing these channels that I thought were successful and, um, and I would go in and I would try to figure out like what, yeah, at what point did they hit, you know, a certain number of subscribers or, you know, a certain number of view count, you know, stuff like that. And so I would go through and I would like look at their, their earliest videos and I would count them. And I remember there's one or two creators that I determined that they had hit 10,000 10, subscribers around 40 videos. And I knew that those creators had grown fast. And so that was kind of like my my benchmark was like, if I can hit 10,000 around 40 videos published, then I know that I'm, I'm growing as fast as those creators grew. And mm-hmm. so that was always kind of the, the thing that I was looking for. And I remember it was like, I want to say it was like the 42nd video that I hit 10,000. And I was like, okay. And, you know, and, no and I don't know way. that that was, yeah, Unreal. for real. And so like I, <clears throat> and so I just, I just kind of kept looking at that kind of stuff and um, kind of measuring against other people. Like these are, these, these are the people that I find cre- or find successful on the platform. And I was looking at what they were doing. And so that was when I came up with the idea for a video a week. Um, and so, I mean, even back then, even though I didn't think, I'm going to make a living doing this. And I didn't even realize that those people were making a living doing this. I saw that they were what I was considering successful. And so I was like, they're doing a video a week. I'm going to do a video a week. Mm-hmm. And with no, with no clue, you know, knowing that from the blog and stuff like that, that brands would want to work with you and they would want to give you stuff, you know, and, and, you know, and that you might make a little bit of money here and there, but, but never, never realizing that you can make a living out of it. Yeah. Wow. What do you think it is that separates your channel from some of the other channels? And one of, in my opinion, before, before you answer, I okay. love the production quality of, of your channel. And as an example, and I'll link this up in the show notes, I watched one about the bear spray. 
and the opening intro scene was so good dude it was basically <laughs> like you were in the wild west drawing your bear spray and you're cutting to all these different angles and as dude as a creator myself i mean like i think as people like if they aren't creators they just passively watch it like that's awesome me i'm like dude that was super creative man like i was i was like jotting down notes and everything but yeah, man, like, what do you think it is that separates your channel from maybe some of the other ones? Or what do you think actually made it blow up? So I, I honestly, like, I have no idea. Like, I, I've obviously speculated about it. Um, and, and, I, and I try to think about it and stuff like that. And, and a lot of times, like, it's just, it's very humbling. And I look at yeah. it and I just think, like, I'm, like, I'm just a guy. And, you know, and I'll get comments all the time. You know, I mean, like, you know how the comments are. Like, people will come on and they'll get real rude and snarky and stuff like that and they'll be like this guy says he's an expert and i almost always respond to those comments like hey i i never said i was an expert like mm -hmm. the, like you cannot find a video of me saying i'm an expert you should listen right. to me uh, because right. it just doesn't exist out there and so like i'm just a guy um i i had an interest in video from uh from a very young age in fact i went to film school for about a year um, oh wow! And that didn't work out, and so I ended up going to graphic design, and then that didn't work out, and so like went had a lot of different things, but been interested in photography. Had a dark room when I was a kid, like long before digital came around, and I would do like the the dark room stuff with the photograph with the photographs wow. and all that kind of stuff. Um, had a uh, had a video class when I was in high school. Went to film school for a little bit, and so I always had this interest in video, um, and always had this interest interest in in photography, and so that's where. But even then, you know, what I mean, like when I like I appreciate you saying, you know, the quality is good and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like I look at it and I think it could be it could be so much better. Like I know that my skills aren't where like I've seen other skills, you know, from other creators and other things like that. And I know that there there are things that I that I don't know how to do. Um, but I also realize, you know, that I've got this interest and I, I can figure it out and all that kind of stuff. And so what separates me. You know, honestly, I, I've always felt like I've had a knack for explaining complicated things in a way that's easy to understand. Exactly. Um, and and I think that's I think that's what it is. And 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 my wife tells me that the reason why I'm able to do that is because I before I can explain something, like I have to fully understand it. And so, um, and so, like, if, if, if I don't understand it, there's, there's no way that I'm going to be able to explain it. Like, there's no way that I'm just going to be able to regurgitate information that I've heard, not fully understanding what that information means, and it, and it makes sense. And so, I, if I'm going to talk about something, like, I just, I dive into it. Um, I, have, I have ADHD, and so I get hyperfixation, and I get hyperfixated on, you know, whatever the piece of information it is that I'm trying to figure out, and I just, I just dig and dig and dig until, I, until it clicks, and I'm like, okay. Like I understand it. And then once I understand it, because I've had to do all that stuff to understand the way that it works, I think I'm able to explain it because I'm able to explain it the way that I finally understood it. I love that answer. Love that answer. And I, that is supported because some of the comments that I see on your videos also say that. Actually, one was from Justin Outdoors. And he says, and that's kind of where I put that in the intro, was you have a knack for explaining maybe complicated or boring topics, but in a very exciteful and way that people can understand it. And that's what I've seen throughout your channel. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. So I've, I had this potential sponsor that I was really excited about this video and I want to do this video and it, and it may still happen, but I think I'm going to have to find a different sponsor because the sponsor, the sponsor just would not sign on to it um, because it was a very like scientific and technical heavy topic. Right. But I was so excited about doing it. And I was like trying to get this sponsor to, <coughs> excuse me, trying to get the sponsor to kind of like see my vision for it. Right. And their holdup kept being, how are you going to make this interesting? Like, this is not an interesting topic. And there was this, um, there was this TikTok or this reel that was going around at the time. And it was, uh, I don't know if you're a sci-fi fan, like anybody that's a sci-fi fan, the show Firefly or Serenity, um, it's one of my favorite all time. I'm a big sci-fi nerd and it's a favorite show of mine. And there's this clip in the show where it's Mel, the main character who, um, turns and says to one of the other characters, it's what I do, darling. It's what I do. And they like, they just, you know, and so like, you know how things on, on Instagram, like kind of take off or TikTok kind of take off with this one clip. And like people yeah. were putting that on all kinds of different stuff. Audio. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. Right. Yeah. You know? And so like that was going around and the sponsor kept being like, how are you going to make this interesting? And so I sent that TikTok to him and I was like, <laughs> it's, it's what I do, darling. It's what I do. <laughs> How did they, they take that? They didn't. They didn't buy <laughs> like, it, and no, so like, no. I. So I actually think I think that sponsor has, has uh, they they're gone, and I think I'm gonna have to find somebody else if I want to make the video happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> great freaking story there, dude. Well, that's awesome, dude. So I guess so. Obviously, you have experience backpacking and doing a lot of camping and and all that stuff in the outdoors, and I would love for you to share maybe like one or two experience that have been maybe your most memorable backpacking trips or maybe events that have happened to you while you've been backpacking. Cause I feel like we maybe always kind of have some of those formative events in our life, whether that's a breakthrough hike or, or something like that. So I was just really interested in, into hearing some of those stories. <clears throat> Goodness. I mean, so, you know, I mean like the stories that always stick out in your mind are the ones that, you know, like stuff didn't go right, you know, never yeah, where things were things were just terrible. Yeah, you know, and so like I've got, <coughs> forgive me. Um, so like, there's a couple of stories that come to mind. Um, there's a story where I was hiking with my with my daughter. We were hiking in the backcountry, and we got stuck on the wrong side of a raging river, and had to get um, a ranger to come and rescue us. Um, and then there's a story which isn't isn't really a backpacking story, but it kind of is. It was uh, I was coming back from the Grand Canyon. <laughs> come back from the Grand Canyon um, on a Jeep road and we got two flat tires and I had to figure out how to how to get out of there with two flat tires when I only had one mm-hmm. full-size spare um, and so like both of those are really long stories and like I could I could get into either one of them if if you're interested you know but I mean as far as like formative you know backpacking stuff I, I would say that even to this day um, I've been backpacking for 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 a fairly long time, the the channel and the other people that are just like, you know, that, that look at you as an expert kind of gets in your head sometimes. And you think, yeah, okay, I, I know what I'm doing, you know. But still to this day, when I go out on the trail, I have like this anxiety that just kind of like sits in my chest like, okay, is this going to be the time that something like really seriously goes wrong? Or did I, did, did I a- adequately prepare for whatever the conditions are going to be? Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. 
there's always this kind of like, and especially when I have other people with me that like I'm kind of responsible for. Mm-hmm. And so I was noticing this on a, on a hike just recently. My wife and I were hiking in, in Idaho and she, <coughs> sorry, she had some health problems earlier in the year where she got pneumonia and had pneumonia for a long time without us realizing it and um, got in a really bad situation where she had to be hospitalized and mm-hmm. ended up going septic while she was in the um, hospital. And it just, it was a really scary time for her, but she's good now, but she just hasn't quite been back to her full self since that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's lost some lung capacity. Um, she's got foggy memory since that's happened. And so a hike maybe two, three weeks ago was our first hike since she'd had that episode. And so like, I knew that, she, that I had her there and I knew that she had diminished lung capacity. It's our first time that we were going to be in elevation. I mean, it'd be, it was months later, you know, and she'd been training and doing some things like that. But I had this anxiety of like, okay, like not only am I taking myself out into the wild, into the back country, but I'm taking her and, and I got to keep her safe. And it was, it was a kind of an early, but a shoulder season hike, you know? And so I knew that we were going to have mm-hmm. some, some, uh, some potential weather and stuff like that. And I'm just the whole time. I'm just like, do I have everything that I need, you know? And do I have the knowledge that I need to make sure that we're going to be safe? And almost every time I start a hike, I have that. But as soon as I set foot on trail, for some reason, like that just goes away hmm. and it just like dissipates and as soon as i get i would say even 100 yards onto the trail like mm-hmm. it it just feels like okay like this like everything's going to be good everything's going to be fine and this is where i need to be right now and so there's mm-hmm. something about nature and the healing you know um part of nature that just dissipates that anxiety almost every single time so when you say it like just dissipates your anxiety right what do you think's behind that? Do you think it's because you've you actually are kind of more comfortable than you think in in nature, or yeah, like what do you think's behind that? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, so like part of me thinks that there's always that unknown, and and I think that it I don't think it happens as much when I've been on the trail before, and so like right. I do go back and I'll hike another trail, you know, I'll hike a trail that I've hiked before, and so like I know what to expect on that trail. Like I know what's coming. Um, I know that I've done it before, but there's always that, like that uncertainty. Anytime you've never done a hike before and you've done the research or maybe you haven't done enough research about the hike because I'm hiking all the time that if I poured as much research into every single hike that I've done, you know, as probably people that that hike one or two times a year, like that's all I'd be doing is researching trails and water crossings and conditions and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so to a certain degree, like I'm just, I'm just heading out there. Um, you know, like I do enough research to try to make sure that I'm going to be safe. But, um, and so I think it's just part of that, like the unknown of this trail or, you know, this particular, uh, range of mountains or whatever the case may be that once I, once I actually get foot on trail, I think it's like, okay, this, I do know this type of area. Like I do know, like this, this feels just like it's felt every other time. And so I think that's what kind of helps dissipate that anxiety a little bit is it feels familiar once you finally set foot on trail. Yeah, there is. I mean, and that's why we go backpacking, right? Is because there all there always is kind of a degree of chaos instead of order, right? That we're kind of stepping yeah. into, and that's like the point of backpacking in some ways. 
but I get the pit that you have. Like I get a pit in my stomach sometimes, especially if I'm solo and I'm like, Oh man, like I, Maybe, you know, yeah, weather's coming in or weather was forecasted or is this the right trail, you know, and stuff like that. But, and so, yeah, it seems pretty normal for backpackers, especially, I mean, but you don't have any, you know, you don't have anybody out there to help you, especially if you're solo again, or like you said, taking care of people is a whole different realm because now yeah. you're not really so much worried about your needs. It's more of like the other person keeping them safe and making sure they trust your decisions and things. So, yeah, I totally relate to that. What was the question I had come? Oh yeah, that was it. Now, obviously you're, you're making some videos in when you're going outdoors and, and doing some of these hikes. How has, how have you integrated video into nature and into some of your hikes? And has it been an overall benefit to your hikes and spending time in nature or has it drawn stuff away from it? Um, I think it does both. Uh, to be honest with you. And so like what I've noticed is when I'm not filming, I have a tendency to put my head down and just hike, you know what I mean? Totally. And so like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just moving and I'm not seeing as much stuff. I'm not, I'm not paying attention to flowers or foliage that might be there. Um, <coughs> forgive me. You're good, dude. Um, um, and so like, I'm, so I, like, I'm just like concentrated on getting you know to the next you know campsite or to the next mile marker or to where i'm stopping for lunch or whatever that case may be and so i'm not paying as much attention and so the the camera i think pulls me out of that a little bit because i know that i want to get a shot of this or i want to get a shot of that or oh that's so beautiful and so like you know so i'm i'm filming by Mm. myself a lot and so like i have a tripod i set up a tripod i walk away from the tripod i turn around i walk back and i get the tripod you know, and so I'm like I'm, and so I'm, I'm spending more time in those areas, especially when I see something beautiful, True. and it's, it's causing me to turn around a lot of times, you know, because I got to go back and get the tripod, and so then I see what's been behind me this whole time, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's beautiful too, like, and I, and I hadn't even stopped to look at that direction, and so I think it does, it, it like pulls me out of the, the tendency to just, let's just go, you know, um, and especially when things are hard. You know, I mean, like whenever, whenever you, I mean, cause almost every trip you get to that point where you're just kind of suffering a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and whenever you're just kind of suffering a little bit, like, I don't know about you, but I, I start getting kind of mouthy <laughs> on the trail and like, I'm like, nobody else is there, you know, but I'm just like, oh, like, you, oh, you, you gotta be kidding me. You know, mm-hmm. or like if, if I'm, if I'm especially tired and all of a sudden like there's this big uphill, I'm like, what, what is this? You know? Right. And even though like, that's the whole reason I'm out there. You know, but I still get angry at the fact that the mountain is being a mountain. Yep. And so that I think the camera pulls me out of that a little bit because I know that um, that I want to get the shots, that I want to get the the video, that I want to be able to document it. Um, but at the same time, I also sometimes I just want to hike. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't want to set up this shot, and I don't want to set up the camera, and I and I find that happening to me a lot. Like I've got like a pretty good system going when I'm hiking because I just carry the tripod, I set it down, I adjust it, I walk away and I walk back and and I'm good. But when I'm at camp and I'm like trying to document, you know, whatever it is, like I'm cooking this meal or I'm setting up this tent or, you know, or I'm airing up my air mattress, whatever the case may be. Well, then I got to think, okay, I got to put the camera here. And I got to do this. Okay. And now like, it'd be better if I moved the camera around and I got a second angle here and I got, and I got this shot, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And so, like, I got the chance to meet. Uh, do you ever watch any Craig Adams? Are you oh, yeah. familiar with mm-hmm. Craig? Oh, so yeah. I got to meet yeah. him um, just last month. <clears throat> and I was talking about, I was telling him that early on, like, I would try to copy his style a little bit. And I would watch his videos and I'd be in awe of what he was doing. And I would go and I would like try to do that. And what I noticed was he just didn't, you know, set up the tripod and just film himself setting up camp. Like he would get all these different angles and it would be like these, what I learned in film school is called a match on action where, you know, you're, you're setting up this pole and then the camera changes, but you're still in the middle of setting up that pole yeah. While, you know, while the camera switches angles. Mm-hmm. And so that means I got to set up that pole twice if I'm going to get a, a, a match on action. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, but wanting to, to create that kind of stuff, I'm like, OK, you know, that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the I'm going to get the match on action. I'm going to set up the camera twice. Yep. And so there comes times where I'm just like, I just want to be at camp and I just want right. to to sit down and I just want to. You know, and I don't have to worry about the fact that, you know, like, oh, I like I need to I need to run up here onto this little hill so I can get this angle of the sunset totally. or whatever. And, you know, like sometimes I just want to enjoy the sunset. And so I've noticed that more and more um, lately as I think some of the high of the channel booming and growing and all that kind of stuff. Some of the excitement has worn off a little bit that now I'm finding myself being like, like I really want to just enjoy the thing that I enjoy sometimes. And so mm-hmm. I'm I haven't I haven't made any plans yet other than just the decision that I'm gonna take a trip sometime in the future where I don't take a camera and I'm just gonna go and I'm just gonna backpack and yeah. I'm just gonna be there with me. And and I might regret not having the camera, you know, whenever I, whenever I get out there, but I'm gonna make the commitment beforehand and just yeah. leave the camera home and go on a trip. So. That's admirable. That would be that would be so hard for me to do. Yeah. I I'm not sure. Yeah. Because and, and one question I wanted to follow up with that would would be you were talking about struggling up that mountain, right? And and getting mouthy with it and kind of mad or or when you're at camp you're just like, "Oh man, I just want to like chill," right? What is it that makes you get the shots though? Like what goes through your head to be like, you know what? I just have to set this up or I just need to get this shot. Like it would, it would be great for the video. Like how, how do you come to that conclusion when you're in those fatigued states? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. You're like at the end of the day, long hike, the last thing you want to do is walk back and forth and set up your tripod and take it down again and set up the camera. So what do you think it is that makes you, that drives you to do that? I mean, sometimes I don't, you know, like sometimes I'm just like, forget it. Like it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the main thing is probably for better or for worse, it's regret, you know, because when I get back and I, and I get the totally. camp and I get the footage into the, in the computer <laughs> and I start putting it together, I'm like, man, I really wish that I had this shot or I really wish I had that shot. And so I, I've done that enough times that now <laughs> when I'm, when I'm out there in the field, I'm like, Get the shot because you're going to want it later and you're going to be mad at yourself later because you didn't, because you're just tired, you know, and it's like, just, it's fine. Be tired and get the shot. Yeah. And for me, the thing, so like, I've got a tripod 
that's um, like it's a full height tripod and it's carbon fiber. It's it's fairly light, but it's still heavy at the same time. And um, it it can't get close to the ground, right? Like it's got it's got about this much that yeah. it just that's as close to the ground as it can get, right? And so when anytime I want a shot that's down at ground level, I have to flip the whole tripod upside down, and it like it like supports itself, and it and the camera like hangs down in the middle of it, and and the camera's upside down, and everything's backwards, you know, because you're because you're working upside down and you're trying to adjust the camera and all this kind of stuff, and the screen is like flipping because it thinks it thinks it's right side up, but it's so it's flipping itself upside down right. so you can view it properly. And so, like, everything is just, like, it's like working in a mirror, you know? Like, it just doesn't work properly. And those are the <laughs> shots that I always get the most frustrated with. But I know that they're always some really good shots, you know? <clears throat> and so it's, like, I do that a lot with, like, flowers. If there's a little flower on the trail, I always want to get a shot with the flower. And it's in focus, but I'm out of focus, and I'm walking away. And and I always have to flip the camera upside down to do that. And it's it takes, I don't know feels like exponentially more time to do that than anything else and so that's when i get the most frustrated man dude i totally identify with everything you're saying because i always tell the students in my course and stuff i'm teaching them how to like do some of the filming more so for like reels and tiktoks and things but i'm just like man like really what separates uh, creators from people that don't create is just like having the discipline to document essentially when you don't feel like doing it it's not convenient and you're super tired. I mean, and and for most people, they just don't, they don't want to do that. And so just having the discipline to actually just go out and just literally document what you're doing, you're already like in the top 90th percentile of creators because most people won't do that. And so yeah. I always found that super, super interesting. And like some of the, the shots that you were talking about with like that match scene shot and then like the foreground of the flower and stuff. I don't know. You may be familiar with the channel, but this is a really good channel for anybody listening. Also, it's called Primal Outdoors. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's kind of like van lifey. Dude, it, he does the exact things. He does like those match cuts and he does like the foreground. And I've really looked at his channel and tried to model my channel off of that because I think that he does such good cinematic work. So anyway, for anybody listening and then for you as well, I think that that's a really good channel yeah. to look at. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. Now, one of the things that I love about your channel is when you talk about gear, I've I've noticed this thing where you'll give like the pros and stuff to the gear, but you also will find things that you don't necessarily enjoy about it. And you're very honest about it. I love that. And so I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for my audience, maybe like one or two things for a beginner hiker and then one or two things for an expert or like more of a an advanced hiker. We won't use the word expert, right? But like what are a couple pieces of gear for each one of those niches that you would recommend people pick up or maybe they're not using and they should? One of the things, by the way, that you talked about for create or that I think in my mind for a creator was those trekking pole magnet things yeah yeah dude because that's the worst thing when you gotta i always throw my trekking poles or lean them somewhere or whatever right because i'm setting up yeah. shots and stuff and then you got to pick them up and it's just like these little things that add up over the course of a day so that was really cool for a creator we'll link that below but yeah like so what are what are maybe a couple things for each niche that someone might want to use yeah you know so i mean like whenever i think about beginners i always think like <clears throat> 
just use what you have. You know, I mean, like, just just get out there. I think that there's too many people <coughs> that wait to go because they feel like, well, I don't have the right gear or I don't have mm-hmm. I don't have what I need. You know, so I mean, go someplace that you're familiar with. Go someplace that isn't too far from the car so that if you end up and you realize you get out there and you're like, oh, man, like, I really don't have the right gear. Like, I'm freezing to death. You can get back to the car quickly and you can get out of that situation. But at the same time, just use what you have and get out there as as soon as you can because that's what's going to make you the most comfortable with it is just having that experience. You know, like like I said, like it gets in my it's head even point. after years and years of backpacking. Point. And so the only thing that's going to help you get it out of your head is actually getting out there and doing it. And so that would be my best advice for a beginner, but then at the same time, like as you're building gear and and I realize that there's like a big debate about this on um you know, in the backpacking world. But I, I think, think about weight from the beginning. Like think about the weight of your gear from the beginning. Um, because the, I, I tend to be more lightweight, more ultra light when I'm backpacking. Um, but I'm not, I'm not what people think of when they think like, Oh, he's an ultra light backpacker. Like I've got Mm -hmm. a chair, like I've got a really nice sleep system that weighs more than, you know, my tent does. Um, um, but then there's other things that I'm like, my overall pack weight is low um, because I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care how, how manly you are. Cause that seems to be the, right. the comments I get is, you know, like, well, just, just be a man and, you know, just carry more weight. Right. Like carrying a bunch of weight is not fun. Um, and even if you can do it, even if you have hit the gym, you know, since the day you were born or whatever, even if you can do it, it's not, it's not fun to carry a bunch of weight. And so I think, thinking about weight from the beginning is is always something that beginners should do and because the biggest hindrance to going lighter or going ultra light however you want to say it is the money when you've already bought gear that's perfectly fine functional gear it's just heavy it's hard to spend you know you, you spend like $400 on a tent that weighs 4 pounds it's hard to go spend another $400 to get a 3 pound tent or a 2 pound tent you totally know? right and so yeah. but to me i'm like but it but they're the same price you just when you're starting out you're not thinking oh like i need to i need to think about how much overall weight i'm going to be carrying and where right. i want to where i want to save that weight so that's that's what i would say is people are like building a kit and so what was the other part of the question was it more advanced hikers yeah just, then yeah maybe intermediate advanced ish hikers yeah Oh goodness, you know. So I mean, I don't know. There, I I would say, you know, find find the gear that you you know that makes you happy, that that gets you excited, that gets you thinking mm-hmm. about it. Um, so that that's something. So I've got a video from a while back where I did this. I did this video that I said gear doesn't matter, and I basically was like, kind of like I said just a moment ago, just get out there on trail. You know, I've hiked with really expensive gear. I've hiked with really cheap gear. And I've enjoyed the experience every time. <coughs> and and that was kind of like the gist of the video was like, like we get so caught up in like the gear that we're going to use that we don't actually enjoy the outdoors. And somebody commented on that video and was like, I actually think it's the opposite. I think whenever, I mean, when you, when you think about the person that goes maybe two or three times a year at most, right? They're like and they're taking their vacation time to go out on the trail. 
like that is the highlight of that person's year for a lot of for a lot of people you know like they're thinking about that trip especially if they had to get permits you know like way in advance um and then they're like okay now i've got the permits and i got to make sure that i've got the gear that i need and i got to make sure that i've got all the logistics figured out what that is doing is that could be like a weekend like a 3 day trip for that person um but by like researching the gear, researching the trip, figuring out what they want to take, figuring out if, if they feel like they're going to have um, the exact piece of gear that's going to make it that much better for them um, on the trip. And so they're watching videos like yours or like mine in there, and they're just like really getting into the preparation for that trip. They're, they're essentially extending that trip from a, from a three-day trip to a three-month trip because mm-hmm. they're thinking about it that entire time. Mm-hmm. And and they may be at work, and they may be like, you know what, like I like all I want to do is I want to I want to watch this video about this piece of gear because I, because I think it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, make my trip that much better that I've been planning for the whole year, and so they they stop whatever they're doing, you know, they're they're slacking off in their mm-hmm. boss's mind watching the video, but they're they're in that trip already, like sure. they're mentally they're there, hmm. and so to me I think that's what interesting you know like the more advanced backpacker or an intermediate backpacker like savor it savor it all and if you're going to if you want to spend money you don't have to spend money obviously but if you're going to spend money you know you're going to do it because you're wanting to make that that one trip that you've been planning for so long that much better and last that much longer and all that kind of stuff so interesting i have never thought about it like that well, I didn't either until that one guy or person, I don't know who it was, commented on my channel. And so they like kind of like changed my whole philosophy on why why we watch gear videos and why. And it, and it all came about because I was getting frustrated because I'd have these, you know, like trip videos that I really loved making and nobody yep. wanted to watch them or it felt I like know. nobody wanted to watch them. And mm-hmm. then I make a gear video and everybody wants I know. to watch it. And, that, yeah. and, and so like I was frustrated about that. And that person said, well, that's why, because... Like when we're watching your trip video, we're watching your trip. But when we are watching your gear video, we're thinking about our trip. And so mm. that makes the difference. Dude, I have noticed that as well. All of my, like if I'm doing a specific, like I just put a ultra, something about ultra shoes review or something like that up. And it's doing like super well for my channel. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I mean, that's, I love that. But like, it's not my favorite video to create. I love doing the documentary style trip videos, man, like way yeah. more fun to me because you're setting up shots, you're telling stories. You really got to like in your edit, you're really trying to like, okay, what's the story I'm going to tell, you know, you're really getting creative with it. Whereas a gear video is just very technical for me, at least it's like, which is why I love like when you threw in, like, like I go back to that bear spray one, like the wild west thing, like you're making it, at least you're like making it really creative and fun. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and from from a creator standpoint too, like if we're talking to creators that that that's what they're wanting, they're wanting the subscribers or they're wanting the views or something like that. I think that making that shift in your mind can help you um, because building a following on the that's just watching the awesome places you've been is very very difficult. Totally. And so I I had a conversation with a guy who was a uh, he was a he was an Antarctica guide. Right. Uh-huh. So, I mean, his job was to go and take other people to Antarctica. And he was also a professional photographer. And he had this Instagram following that he was just struggling to grow. And he had beautiful images and beautiful video 
of all these different places he's been. And, and he was having a conversation with me. He's like, how did you, how did you grow? And I was like, well, I think when people watch your, your videos or they see your pictures, they get jealous because they think I'm never going to be able to go there. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to be in this awesome place. Like you're just showing off at this point. You're right. like, look at how awesome my life is. And people have a hard right. time relating to that. But when you talk about gear or you talk about skills or you talk about, <clears throat> you know, anything that's related to the art of backpacking and the art of being outdoors, then people can, they be like, okay, I can be a part of this because now this is helping me go to the places that I want to go. And so I think that's, <clears throat> it's easier. Obviously you can do it. And I've seen some of these channels that people have made gigantic followings off of just watching their trip videos. And I'm like, how did you do that? I know. Um, because, but I think, go ahead. Sorry, not to interrupt you, but I, yeah, yeah, I, no, you're good. I have struggled with this as well because I've seen some creators that are on Instagram that are doing super well by literally just showing exactly what you were saying. Like that guy in the Antarctica though. And I'm like, well, how is this working? I'm like, they're not, they're not giving value in the form of, they're giving value in the form of like entertainment. Right. But it is also like in my head, it, especially when I wasn't, this wasn't my job. I was, I would look at that and I would be like, oh, that's unattainable. And like, I, it's cool seeing it a couple times, but like, I don't want to follow an account like that. Cause it just makes me, as I go, as I went to my nine to five, be kind of almost mi more miserable in some ways. Right. Some yeah. people will be inspired by it, but, but at the same time, like, how is it that those accounts are doing so well? I don't. And so like, I try to mix in a little bit of that into my account just to provide like some credibility, at least in, yeah. in terms of some ways. Right. But like my account as a whole, especially like on the short forms is more of like funny and uh, value in the form of like teaching something, right? Yeah. But you're totally right. Like I don't, it blows my mind. Some of the creators that do are able to monetize really well on that inspirational content. And I don't know how they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I mean, like I think about this a lot, obviously. And so I think either they came in at a time when no one else was doing it or they've or they've just like grinded away for years and years and years to grow that that kind of following. Um, mm. And I was actually thinking about this earlier today because I watched a a Red Bull video. You ever seen like you know you've seen some of the crazy stuff that Red Bull puts out? And it was a short. It was like a behind the scenes of like they had like this um, this like rally car that was like jumping over like a Formula One car, and they had like all this different stuff that was happening in this shot. And I was like, man, like like this one little short, like they put a lot of time and effort into creating this short. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, but it's just one more crazy thing that's happening. And there's so much of that happening on the internet. You know what I mean? Like people doing crazy, you know, things that take a lot of time and effort to set up. Like they're a dime a dozen. There's, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people that are putting that kind of effort into videos. And I think we just kind of, we get used to it when as as viewers, as consumers mm -hmm. of content. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, somebody else doing something amazing, someone else doing something crazy, someone else doing something that I'm never going to be able to do. And so I think it's whenever we make that connection with people of mm, I'm babe. bringing it, I'm bringing it to you, yeah. or we do something that they've never seen before, which is getting almost impossible to do, you know. But within certain niches, you can definitely do that. 
And so that's something I will do is I'll look to other niches and I'll see what's niches. Mm. I always say a niche, but I'll look to other niches and I'll see what people are doing over there. And I'll be like, okay, no one's done that in the backpacking niche. And so oh, I'm going to try to bring that into this and stuff like that. So that's yeah. a freaking gold mine right there. That is real. That's a really good advice. <clears throat> One thing when I going back to, you know, putting out those posts that are aspirational content and things. One of the things that I've found that works for me is I will load that caption with some story about the pictures or whatever it is that I'm that I'm putting up there. And typically the story will be something where I'm giving away maybe more of a vulnerability that I have where it then makes it a little bit more relatable to the audience. And so the pictures are there and everything is, in my mind is like more of like, again, credibility for my page. Like, hey, this is, you know, here's some of the things that I've done. So like when I do talk about this, like I, I do want you to know that I have some credibility at least in here, but also like trying to relate to them at the same time. So I found that to be quite effective, at, at least in terms of on Instagram and short form things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. and, I'm, and I and I do it too. You know, like I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the gear. Or I'm going to talk about the skills or whatever it may be, but I'm going to do it in a freaking awesome location, you know, so that it's not about the location, but the location I feel like is giving some of that credibility that you talk about. So true. Yeah. Steven, we're already at an hour and yeah. this has been great, dude. You are so articulate. I, you made my job here extremely easy. Well, thank you. <laughs> I love guests like that made it extremely easy for me. So I appreciate it. Dude, have you ever been like, I feel like, if something happened with YouTube, which I don't think it will because you, you're doing an awesome job, but I think you have a great like radio host voice. Have you ever been told that? <laughs> I've never, I've never been told that. I've been told yeah. I have a face for radio, but <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's hilarious. No, I no, lo, dude, you're super articulate and yeah, man, I've loved having you on here. How can people catch up with your channel? Where can they find you on socials? Give all the plugs. I, I'm, my life outdoors, just about everywhere. If you if you yeah. search my life outdoors on pretty much any platform, you'll find me. So awesome! There it is. We'll we'll link it up in the show notes. Okay, everybody listening, please leave a five star review on Spotify. That helps me out. And uh, let me know who else you guys want on next. We'll see you for the next one. <laughs>